Join me in prayer, please. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity that we have to come and worship here because you are holy. And Father, we thank you for Miss Ruthie. We thank you for the inspiration that she gives. Father, we thank you for the words of the song. Because in a world that is unholy, you give us hope because you are. Father, in a, uh, in a world that is searching, we can come to one who is pure, whose love is unconditional. And so today, today that's exactly what we do. We affirm that you are holy. And today we've come to give you honor and praise. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. It is so good to have you today, First Baptist Church, Sun City West. We love seeing you and these smiling faces. And if this is the very first time you have been here, we'd love for you to take the card that's in front of you, fill it out in its entirety. And when you leave today, if you just drop that in the box when you leave, we would appreciate that. Uh, today we um, uh, have uh, a focus called Mission Dignity. Now back in the days gone by, it used to be Adopt an Annuited Program. How many of you remember that? Yeah, there's three or four of you there. Um, for, uh, for some 30 years, my mom was a recipient of the adopt annuity program. Helped uh, uh, retired ministers or uh, uh, their widows. I think her amount was about $50 a month, and boy, it did help over those years. We find that uh, it has continued to enlarge uh, to where now, across our convention, we focus on mission dignity. That those retired ministers, their, their, uh, their spouses, or their widows, 
that they are allowed to continue to live in uh, above the poverty level in uh, places that uh, that will be encouragement to them you know realize that that most of our churches in Southern Baptist life uh, run under a hundred and uh, they aren't able those churches to pay as well as maybe some other denominations and so their ministers they serve faithfully and they strive in every way to uh, to minister to the people to give honor to God and in those retirement years it's nice it's nice to be able to have a little more income and uh, Dr. Mraz who will be speaking with us today who's the director of Mission Dignity which is a ministry arm of the Guidestone Financial Resources part of our one of the agencies of our Southern Baptist Convention uh, he leads he goes across the country he talks about Mission Dignity he knows stories beyond stories beyond stories uh, Dr. Mraz has uh, been in ministry as a church planner as a pastor and now with Guidestone for some 27 years and he doesn't look you know like he could be in ministry 27 years but he is he is and we are excited to have him today and he's going to share some things later on so uh, we look forward to that Aaron at the same time um, about a year ago a little over a year ago uh, we began talking about the possibility of honoring those in our church who are retired pastors or their widows those who have served in our state and national denomination uh, in uh, vocational callings. And uh, finally today, today is the day that we're going to, uh, to recognize some among you that you might not even realize or know. These are, these are folks that have served faithfully over the years. So what I want to do is uh, to remind you that uh, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 through 20, we are all called to the ministry of reconciliation. We're called to take that message uh, that everyone can have a relationship with Jesus Christ to, to, uh, to the entire world. Um, in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 17, uh, the Apostle Paul is writing to Timothy and he is reminding Timothy of this very important fact. He says in verse 17, the elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor especially those who work whose work is preaching and teaching those that uh, have had this vocational calling over the years that god has said you know in the midst of being called to the ministry of reconciliation i have gifted some and i've called some to spend their lives to move away from everything else that maybe they were pursuing and concentrate upon the work to which i have called them to invest in the compassionate care of people, to communicate the gospel, to preach, to teach, to encourage, to strengthen the people of God. And this morning we want to take the opportunity to honor them. It is uh, an honor that uh, most of them would say, I really don't want to get in front of the church, but you know what? Today is a day that we want to do just that. I would ask you that as we go through and, and I introduce each of these, we have about four that are not able to be here. They are either out of town or, or unavailable at this particular point. But uh, uh, if you could, when we call them up, if you'll wait to express your respect and love and appreciation until everybody's up here, we'd certainly appreciate that and get us moving on right into our service as we focus on this special emphasis. So I, uh, I want to, uh, to take the opportunity. to recognize these folks. Dr. Truett Baker, 
Dr. Baker, your spouse Carolyn, would you come on up and uh, you can stand anywhere you want because as we continue, we're gonna fill up this entire area right here. Dr. Truett Baker, uh, he served as pastor and denominational, state denominational staff we, uh, for some 48 years. And uh, Dr. Baker, it is good to see you again. Thank you. I know that you've moved to Scottsdale, so we don't get an opportunity to see you very often, but you're still a member right here. So I we're am. excited about that. We're I excited about that. This is my church. This is your church. If you could just have us just stand right down there, I would appreciate that, sir. Okay. All right. And we, uh, we continue to pray for you and for Carolyn, your wife. Yeah. 48 years in ministry, and you'll notice as I go through and talk about what they've done, I'm not giving a long list because uh, these, these who we are talking about have served in so many different roles, but I just want to kind of concentrate on a general focus. So pastor and state denominational staff for some 48 years. Paul Barnes, come on down, Paul. Paul has served as a, a music minister, a youth minister, an education minister, and as a state denominational staff for 61 years. Pat Sittner. Pat served as a state denominational staff member for 18 years. Dr. Ron Horniker, his wife Loretta. Dr. Horniker has served as pastor, seminary professor and administrator and minister of counseling, 59 years in ministry. Reverend David Jakes, his wife Nancy. David has served as a denominational staff and executive pastor for 26 years. Nancy Jakes, her husband, David. She has served as a denominational staff and minister of worship, music, and administration for 33 years. Notice how they're kind of moving and hiding a little bit over here. <laughs> Reverend Joel and Carolyn McElreath. Joel and Carolyn. Hey, Carolyn. Come on down, Carolyn. <laughs> Why don't y'all make your way over here toward the middle, if you would. Yeah. They have served as international missionaries, church planners, for 52 years. Dr. Bob Marty, his wife Barbara, they are out of town today, but Bob served as pastor and in university administration for over 50 years. Doyle Miller, Doyle served as a minister, and Nancy, his wife, served in music ministry for some 35 years. Dr. Chuck Morrison and his wife, Ruth, he has served as pastor, minister of music, minister of education, minister of youth, church planner, seminary and university professor and chaplain. Um, some call him the jack of all ministry trades. <laughs> I think it was Dr. Johnson, didn't it, that said uh, you reinvented yourself so many times over the course of ministry. He, Chuck has been involved in ministry for 52 years 
And one of the first, I don't think it was the first, but one of the first ministry spots was as a minister of youth at uh, my dad's church here, at First Baptist Church, Peoria, back in the day. Yeah, First Southern Baptist. Ruth Morrison and her husband Chuck, she has served, uh, Ruth has served as church music associate and state denominational staff for some 45 years. Reverend Steve Murray and his wife Nancy. Steve is uh, preaching at First Baptist Church in Nogales today, so unable to be here. Served as pastor, associate pastor, and executive pastor for 44 years. Dr. Glenn Saul. Dr. Saul and his wife Rosemary. Dr. Saul has been a pastor, seminary, and university professor and administrator for some 54 years and my predecessor here at First Baptist Church, Sun City West. Reverend Dick Schroeder and his wife, Gloria. Let's come in and fill this gap over here, guys. <laughs> Dick has served as pastor for 27 years. Lois Smith, where's Lois at? You here? Oh, there she is. I know I saw her in Bible study. Miss Lois Smith, she served on the denominational staff for 15 years in ministry. You want to come this way, Lois? Front and center? Right up here? Dr. Scott Williamson and his wife, Trudy. Dr. Williamson has served as pastor and denominational staff for 46 years. Going all the way from California to Alaska, and now right here in sunny Phoenix. <laughs> Ruth Wood. Come on over, Ruth. She served as ministry of, a minister of music and on the state denominational staff for 25 years. If you add all of these years together, including the folks that were not uh, able to be here or are, are not able to participate, it is close to 700 years of ministry. So if every one of these years go back to back to back, just think of the year 1323. From that point to today, there, these folks would have been in ministry. Would you show their, your respect and honor them for their commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ? Now, I will remind all of you, not all of you, all of you that are standing here, that we have an, a luncheon afterwards, so please make your way that way and not out the door to lunch somewhere else, okay? We have some more things to give you and honor you with. Thank you all very much. Let's continue our time of worship. We've just honored all of these faithful servants. Let's sing, serve the Lord with gladness, which I know they have done. Would you stand as we sing? 
praises to the Father by singing How Great Thou Art. Yeah. 
morning, church. Um, would you please pray with me? Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much for what you have continued to do in the life of our church here and around the world. We thank you so much for all of these uh, servants who have served you for all those years, almost 700 years. And Lord, we pray that you for a special blessing on them and their families. Father, we, uh, we, we also want to pray that uh, those who are continuing to serve, that you would just be with them as well. Lord, we pray for uh, Dr. Uh, Morantz today uh, with mi Mission Dignity. We pray that you'll just uh, uh, bless that ministry, continue to uh, use him in a mighty way. And we thank you for uh, his presence here today and for the message that he will be bringing us. We also want to thank you, Lord, for the, uh, uh, the, the new, new Life Pregnancy Center work that's going on in our church. We pray that uh, you will just uh, bless that and that uh, you will just continue to uh, work in that ministry as well. Uh, Lord, we again want to thank you and praise you. We pray for, uh, uh, for the message that Dr. Morantz gives us and we pray that you'll bless it to our ears and that we will uh, learn so much today. In Jesus' name, amen.
let's sing about that wonderful grace of Jesus. Wonderful grace of Jesus, greater than all my sin. How shall my tongue describe it? Where shall its praise begin? Taking away my burden, setting my spirit free. For the wonderful grace of Jesus reaches me. Wonderful the matchless grace of Jesus, deeper than the mighty rolling sea. Amazing grace, my chains are gone. You can't sing that sitting down. So let's stand up and sing. Set free, my God, my Savior. 
Throughout the pages of the Bible, the olive tree is often mentioned. In fact, it's one of the most highly valued trees known to the ancient Jews. Olive trees and Mission Dignity recipients have a lot in common. They're resilient. They symbolize and represent witnesses for God. And they continue to produce fruit even in their old age, many continuing their ministry throughout retirement. It came to my attention about Leeds Housing Authority. There's 158 apartments there, and people were hungry, and they had needs, and they needed prayer. So we moved there not really knowing exactly what we were going to do. God told me this one thing, I will give you what you need to do what I call and need you to do. There's no words to describe what a difference Mission Dignity has made in our lives. Mission Dignity helps me because I have a pulpit on my front porch and people who I cannot get to come to, come to church. That's, that's our theme. We take the church to them and build a bridge where I can get them back to the church. My husband and I were home missionaries. We served in the Great Lakes area, Illinois, Indiana. We mainly did church planting, and I suppose we started 20 or 25 churches. Mission Dignity has impacted my life by allowing me to remain in the ministries I have in the church here, by helping me pay the expenses to live here and to stay here uh, at Regency Point. We have four um, Southern Baptist pastors that come on a weekly basis. So we have church on Sunday, hymn singing on Monday, and Bible study on Tuesday. And I am very, very grateful. We pastor small churches. We never did have as much money as we would have liked, but God gave us what we needed. The Lord's not done with us yet. He still wants us to minister, bear fruit, bless others. And I think um, through Mission Dignity, we'll be able to do that more. I want to invest in the kingdom of God. I'm not living for this life. I'm living for the life to come. And Mission Dignity is serving me so I can serve others. Mission Dignity helps more than 2,800 individuals every year with extra money needed for housing, food, and vital medications. Many of these pastors led some of us to faith, and as they face advancing age, illness, and death of a spouse, it's our turn to take care of our family with prayer, financial assistance, and a sense of security. Mission Dignity provides a lot of security for me, a lot of security and a lot of peace. 100% of your gift helps a retirement age pastor or widow in need. I just want to say to all donors that contribute to Mission Dignity, thank you from the bottom of my heart. And my husband, were he here, would thank you too for picking up the baton where he had to lay it down and run in the race so that I could finish mine. Please give to these faithful servants today. Well, good morning. 
My name is Aaron Moraz, and I'm the Director of Mission Dignity, and it is an honor to be here with you today. And your uh, generosity over the years here at First Baptist Sun City West is truly, truly incredible. I just want y'all to know, as I've, I came here pre-COVID, and, um, and just uh, honored y'all a few years back for your generosity. You're still one of the top five churches here in the in the state of Arizona, and one of the top 50 churches in the in the United States in giving to Mission Dignity. And so we're very very thankful for you. We're very very thankful for your partnership over the years, and we're very very thankful for just your compassion and care for these retired ministers and widows. Um, we support over 2,800 of them nationwide, and. Um, they're an extraordinary group. I'll just, uh, it's, it's, an, it's an honor to walk along beside them. 67% uh, of them are widows of pastors. And so you are fulfilling the biblical command uh, to take care of widows in their time of trouble. And so uh, we were so thankful for you. Uh, about, one of that, about one in four of them is a widow over the age of 85. And then uh, two, are over a hundred. One of them is still teaching Sunday school because there's no retirement in ministry, right? You know, um, when we were choosing our theme this year, uh, the Lord laid that scripture on our hearts, Psalm 92, verse 14 and 15, that they will still bear fruit in old age. God's never done with us until we meet him face to face. And these retire, uh, retirement age ministers and widows continue to serve in so many different ways. Just seeing this line of, of, uh, of ministers and, and, um, and their spouses was just, that was, that was incredible. Kirby, thank you so much for that. Uh, I got a quick video of it, and I can't wait to speak to you all in the in the uh, in the luncheon but it really is an amazing thing when you consider all the years that are spent in ministry I started off when I was 17 years old that's how I got 30 years in ministry so um, but uh, and it has it, it has just been a joy to to walk along beside these who have served for so long some of them are are uh, still preaching I'll tell a story about one of them in a little bit. Some of them are still doing uh, music, playing the piano, playing the organ. Some of them are continuing to uh, keep the nursery. One of them is uh, one who serves in sort of a, a more contemporary church and she says, I keep the nursery and I hold the little ones in my arms and sing the old hymns of the faith because I know that they're not going to get it in the service. <laughs> but I want you to know your love and compassion for them is truly, truly inspirational. And so continue to join with us today. You have a bulletin insert. You can also give uh, at the back as well. And uh, we just encourage you to join along beside them. 100% of what you give goes directly to them. We don't take out any operating costs or administrative costs 
All that is taken care of through an endowment that was established before I was even born. And so we're very, very thankful that you come along beside us holding the widow's hand until she meets Jesus so that they can have the dignity that they deserve and carry on the testimony that they have in Jesus Christ. You can also, if you're, uh, if you're a little bit more uh, uh, cell phone minded, you can also hold up your cell phone and get a QR code up there and it'll take you to a, a giving page as well. There's some who do that still. Or you can go to mdsunday.org. Let me just tell you about a few, few of the ways that we help them. Uh, we gave everybody a 25% raise in 2022, uh, which happened just before inflation. And, um, and so we're very thankful that we got a lot of thank you cards for that. Uh, that was because of the generous giving of, of our, of our uh, donors and churches. Uh, we gave everybody a 25% raise. Uh, the lowest that anybody receives is 275 a month. The highest that anybody receives is $750 a month. And that is according to whether or not you're above poverty level or below poverty level. If you're below poverty level and you've served for 25 years or more in service, which the average years of service is, is 33 years, um, then you receive $750 a month. And then, of course, we also provide them a Christmas check, and you should see what they do with that. Uh, they're givers, they're not takers. Uh, so we actually have a hard time having them re-up after two years because they always want to say, give it to somebody else if there's somebody else in need, uh, which we always say, well, people give because of you. <laughs> and so, so uh, continue to get to, if you're still in need, continue to, to do so. But they, they take uh, that, that Christmas check and they do a lot of things with it. One, one widow said, I, I have, have enough that, that I need and so I, I bought Christmas presents for all the children in my neighborhood. And I put a gospel track in every one of those Christmas presents. And she said, one little girl came back to me, nine years old, saying that she prayed the prayer in the back of that gospel track. And that's the type of person that you're serving. We not only provide them that, but we also had came up with something new. We came up with the emergency grant fund. It's those one-time large expenses that are so difficult for our retired ministers and widows who are living near or below the poverty level. The, those those one-time expenses, those hearing aids, eyeglasses, dentures, medical bills, uh, house repair, car repair, those things, uh, they're so difficult for them to take care of. And so uh, we came up with the emergency grant fund and uh, we are currently raising f uh, funds for that. We re the trustees bestowed an honor on O.S. Hawkins, our past president, uh, giving and renaming it the O.S. and Susie Hawkins Emergency Grant Fund. And uh, we're trying to raise about 16 million to perpetually provide for our retired ministers and widows who are below poverty level to receive that emergency grant whenever they need it. Last year, we spent 1.5 million in emergency grant costs. And uh, so this, this, uh, this fund that we've established will definitely help out in providing that perpetually. Um, and so there are a number of ways to come along beside us and join with us in providing this. By the way, we've already raised 10.4 million 
for that fund. And so we're, we're almost there, just about 5.5 million more and we're about there. And, uh, and so we're so thankful for those who have already joined in with this. Um, it takes a little over $11 million a year to just provide the emergency, or just provide the monthly grants and the Christmas checks. And we're so thankful that, uh, that God has been so good. He's provided 11, 11 and a half million dollars of the last two years uh, to, to provide every bit of that. And so you join along with us. The average gift is $50. So it's a bunch of small gifts coming together. So whether it's 12 cents, which was the smallest gift that we received last year, or something larger, you join in with us and 100% goes to them. I want to give you a scripture today to, because uh, uh, I want to talk a little bit, and I will weave some stories in with us. You know, it's been a while since I preached with a choir behind me. When I first started out, we all had choirs, right? <laughs> Uh, and, and it's been a while since I've preached with a choir behind me, so I'm actually going to call, I'm going to, I'm going to turn around and talk with y'all a little bit, okay? So, so that y'all feel like that you're part of the service as well. But in Romans chapter 8, verses 31 through 37, if you would take your Bibles or your mobile devices, I know how things are today, and, uh, and turn with me to, uh, Romans chapter 8, verses 31 through 37. I've entitled this passage or this sermon, More Than Conquerors. Notice what the Word of God says. It says, What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us all, how will He not also, along with Him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Let's pray together. Lord God, we thank you so much that you are the one who gives us victory. And so, Lord, we ask that your spirit would be upon us today, that you would give us wisdom and discernment. We ask, O oh Lord, that you would help us to live in the victory that you have given to us. Lord, we're thankful that you have given us your spirit, eternal life. But we are mindful, Lord, that most of the world does not know you. We ask, O oh Lord, that you would be upon those who hear this message, that those who are lost would be convicted of sin, righteousness, and judgment to come. We ask that you would uh, convict them and turn them to you, that they might declare you as Lord and Savior this day, placing their faith and trust in Jesus Christ for salvation. Lord, I offer up my own heart and my mind and my mouth and my actions. I pray that I myself would be an instrument 
of you today. Lord, move as only you can. Have your own way. This is your time. Increase and may I decrease. And it's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. It is simply amazing what our world has been through lately. Global pandemic, terrible economic circumstances. It is amazing what the world is going through. And I think most of the world is looking for something. They're looking for hope. And they're looking for victory. They're looking to win. And the reality is, is that the world cannot give that. The world has already shown its true colors. Jesus said, in this world you will have what? Trouble. In this world you will have trouble. And if Jesus said that this world will give us trouble, you can bet that this world is going to give us trouble. But I want you to know here today that the message of the gospel has not changed and that the message of the gospel continues to show that there is hope. And, it, and everybody else seems to be looking in other places. But we as believers in Jesus Christ are able to hold up the word of God and simply say, He is the answer. Jesus is still the answer to all of this world's troubles. And in this passage, I want to point out basically four ways that we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. And the first one is this. God is for us. God is for us. Notice what it says. It says, what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? You know, when I look at this passage and I think about that last phrase, that last question, if God is for us, who can be against us? Why do we believe that we can walk around as Christians and not have a smile on our face? Because if God is for us, who can be against us? There is no one who can stand against us. There is nothing that life throws at us that we cannot overcome. After all, faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Our faith in Jesus Christ shows us that we have eternal life and we win in the end. And the world wants that. The sad thing is, is that most of the world is looking for a victory that is temporary. Whereas we have a victory that is eternal. And so we simply trust in the history of God and what He has done with His people. 
In Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 4, it says, For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you victory. The ancient Israelites knew that God Himself would go before them and that He would give them victory. And so therefore, God has a long, long, long history that surpasses all of our lives of giving victory to His people. Not only that, in 1 John 4, 4, it says, You are from God, little children, and you have conquered them, because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. The one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Now, my friends, I'm just going to tell you, it is an amazing thing to visit with all these retired ministers and widows that we visit with. We get about 30 thank you letters a week. And they tell stories about us. That's how we are able to grab some of these, these, uh, these, these videos and so on and, and, and hear from them. And I'm just going to tell you the, 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 the stories that come from these retirement age ministers and widows are just simply amazing. Some of them are gut-wrenching. The things that they have had to go through in their lives. But there is a joy that they have. There is a, a hope that they have. And they simply have a love for the Lord, knowing that He is for them, even when everything is stacked against them. One of them who told a story was uh, was Ray Bridgman. He's 85 years old now, still pastoring a church. He's been in that church for 52 years. He says, my church pays me $50 a week. Y'all give me $750 a month so I can continue to stand and preach the gospel. He said, I have outlived all my deacons. <laughs> he says, so I had to ordain new ones. And he said, the trials and the tribulations that we've seen, the, the difficulties that we've seen over 52 years, as the economy has gone up and the economy has gone down, as people have moved in and as people have moved out, as I've outlived everybody around me, the one constant is Jesus Christ. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so he is for us. It's interesting. He also said, by the way, that uh, he had to ordain new deacons. And he said, I led the two guys that we were going to ordain to the Lord when they were teenagers. That's the type of person that you're helping in mission dignity. Not only that is God for us, but also God gives to us. Notice what He gives. It says, He who did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us all. If that was just not enough, my friends. Jesus is enough. But notice what else. He says, How will He not also along with Him graciously give us all things? He also gives us all things. Now think about all the things that Jesus gives us. He gives us life. Every one of us are breathing still. Some of us are 
Our uh, muscles aren't, aren't uh, in our tendons and our joints aren't working as well as they used to. I'm starting to feel that myself. But we are still breathing. And we still can declare the hope and the love of Jesus Christ. But he also gives us eternal life. One of these days, we will not have to deal with the troubles of this world. <laughs> Both my mom and my dad have gone to be with Jesus. And I am so thankful that though my mom was blind for the latter half of her life, the first thing she saw when she passed from death to life is the face of Jesus. Oh, the things that Jesus gives us. He gives us faith and hope and love which, will, which lasts forever. There is nothing greater than faith, hope, and love that He gives to us. We'll experience faith, hope, and love for all of eternity. He also gives us sustenance. Every single one of us are still, we still have our, our bodies and we are still able. And He sustains us even into eternity, giving us a heavenly body that is incorruptible. He also gives intercession. Did you notice what it said there? It says, he, uh, who, will, who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Jesus Christ who died. More than that, who was raised to life is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. He continues to intercede for us to this day. He's our advocate. Now, I don't know about you, but out of all the people advocating for people in the criminal system today, the one person I want advocating for me before the judgment and before the throne of God is Jesus Christ. It says also in John 3.16, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. He gives us all things and even more. We're so thankful for that. Amen. Oh, my goodness. He's so good to us. One of the great things we get to hear as our as from the from our retirement age ministers and widows is their salvation experience. Joe Martinez, who is here in Arizona, Tucson, he, uh, he told us about how he came to Christ. He was nine years old, raised in a Catholic family. He was invited to a, a revival meeting at First Baptist down the road, Floresville, Texas. He came to know Christ during that revival meeting. And he went back home and told his parents about what happened. And his parents called the priest. Bringing the priest in. And the priest said, no, you, 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 you got it wrong. You, you, 
you have to stay in the Roman Catholic Church. And Joe said respectfully to the priest, you cannot take away what I received. And he said, from that point on, he said, I lived my life for Jesus. I went down into Mexico. I started up churches there. I went back up into California, started churches there. And he said, even where I am right now, I am doing a Bible study to continue to preach the gospel. Because God gives to us and the world can't take it away. God justifies us. Notice what it says in verses 33 and 34. It says, he, Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Now, well, my friends, there is no doubt that every single one of us are born in sin and therefore we are under the condemnation that goes along with that. We are sinners and we need salvation. And notice what he says. It is God who justifies. It is God who justifies us. In other words, we have been declared innocent of all the charges against us. Satan continues to accuse. Satan continues to throw everything at us. But God justifies us. Romans 4.25 says it this way. He was delivered up for our trespasses and raised to life for our justification. He was delivered over for our sin. But He was raised to life so that we can be declared innocent of all the charges against us. We do not have to live in sin as believers in Jesus Christ. We live through the justification that He has applied to us. And so when the Father looks at us, He no longer sees sin. No, He sees justification. He sees the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Romans 5.18 says, So then, as through one trespass there is condemnation for everyone, so also through one righteous act there is justification leading to life for everyone. And Romans 8.1 says, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. My friend, today... Let me ask you, do you have no condemnation? Oh, the glory of, and grace of Jesus Christ. He gives to us and justifies us. He is for us. And then finally, God loves us. Oh, He loves us. Notice what it says in Romans chapter uh, 8. It says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. He loves us. Think about all that list of things that were, that were mentioned there. Affliction, distress, Persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, sword, nothing can separate us from the love of Jesus Christ. No matter what we've gone through in our lives, if we have Jesus in our lives, <laughs> nothing can separate us from His love. 
that last widow that was on that video, Miss Patsy Rogers. I had the privilege of picking her up to take her to, uh, to the studio so that we could film her. It was a 45 minute drive, so I got to know her very well. 45 minutes there and 45 minutes back. And we sat and we talked and I'll be honest, she told some of her story and I, was, I, just, I just had to cry. I said, Patsy, please. I said, I'm driving here. <laughs> but she said this. She said, my husband and I served for 41 years in the Colorado, Montana areas. My husband got leukemia. We moved down to Houston so that he could begin receiving treatments. It was already too late. She said, we as he lay there dying. She said, my husband took me by the hand and he said, babe, I love you. He said, you know that Jesus loves you. And she said, yes. And he said, I know that I've tried to provide for you throughout my life, but I know it's not gonna be enough. Remember the video of the widows that we would show in our churches. Reach out to them when you become in need. She tried to make it for a couple more years and she said, I couldn't do it. I finally reached out to y'all and she said, and I want you to know because of you I can continue to do the ministry in my apartment complex. I teach a Bible study. I've shared the love of Jesus with people around me. And she said, because of you, I'm able to do and live in the dignity that you provide. And you heard that. You're picking up the baton where her husband had to lay it down. So that she can finish her race with the dignity and love of God. God is for us. God gives to us. God justifies us. God loves us. We are more than conquerors. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? You might be here today and you do not know Jesus as love. Let me encourage you today is the day to come to know Jesus. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The glory of God is heaven. Falling short of the glory of God is hell. Our sin takes us to hell. Romans 6.23 says, The wages of sin is death. The payment for our sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's a free gift of eternal life. So how do you receive it? Acts 3.19 says, Repent then and turn to God that your sins may be wiped out. That times of refreshing may come from the Lord. You must repent, turn away from your sin, and turn to God as Lord and Savior of your life. 
Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. And Romans 10.13 says everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Will you call on Him confessing your sin and turning away, confessing Him as Lord of your life, believing in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead? If so, pray a prayer much like this. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for rising from the dead. Lord, I believe in you. Lord, you know that I'm a sinner, that I've done wrong. I repent. I turn my life over to you. Save me. In Jesus' name. If you prayed a prayer much like that and you gave your life to Christ, whether you're here or online, let me encourage you to respond. If you're here today, you can respond by coming here to Brother Kirby. If you're online, let me encourage you to, to click on that link and, and uh, send an email letting this wonderful church know that you prayed to receive Christ. There might be others of you who are struggling in your life. Let me encourage you. There is hope. You're more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. Let me encourage you to live in that victory that he has given. Lord God, I pray that you would have your own way in this place. Move as only you can. Thank you for giving us the victory to be more than conquerors. And it's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Would you stand and respond? Just as you are, hear the Spirit call. Be seated, please. Dr. Moraz, thank you so much. We appreciate.
Those stories, they always get to me. The encouragement that the scripture gives for all of us as we strive to live the way God desires us to live. And encourages us through every season of our life. And so thank you for a wonderful message. And thank you for highlighting such a ministry that is so important. And uh, we want to be a part of that. So in your bulletins, you have uh, that brochure. It also has an envelope attached to it. Uh, you can take your offering today for Mission Dignity, or you can, uh, over the next two or three weeks, uh, take that. You can send it straight to our office, drop it by. You can put it in the boxes. You can send it uh, straight to Mission Dignity, however you choose to do so. Uh, but we desire for you to do all you can to help. It is inspiring to me of how many that you have indicated that continue their ministry on. And that's what most of our uh, ministers do. Uh, our retired uh, ministers here and uh, denominational workers, they are engaged in every fabric, every aspect of our church, and we are so, so thankful for that. Um, Ms. Nancy, I'm gonna turn it over to you, and I just want to remind all of our uh, retired ministers, denominational workers, Head back to the CLC as soon as you can. And if you're here today, you see one of them roaming around, you thank them, okay? On the back of your bulletin, you will see a number of opportunities for service for you. I encourage you to take note of all of those. There's one service here at 11 o'clock on Tuesday morning for John Thomas Wilson. That is the son of Shirley Swafford. I encourage you, if, even if you can't be present, to be in prayer for the Swafford family. It's been a difficult several weeks for them. So be in prayer for them, support them if you would. John Thomas Wilson was the name of Shirley's son. Uh, again, feel free to visit with each other before you leave today, but if you're an honoree, if you could make your way to the CLC quickly, we would appreciate that. Would you stand now as we have our closing prayer led by Reverend David Jakes. Heavenly Father, thank you for the privilege of being in this service today. What a wonderful service it was. and What a privilege we have as believers to participate in mission dignity. Father, I just thank you for what that ministry is and how it's reaching out to take care of ministers and their widows and others who have served you so faithfully and so father i just pray that we'll uh, give a special offering today that'll be a blessing uh, to that ministry thank you for the opportunity that we have to uh, our mission field is out these doors and so i just pray that you'll uh, use us in a mighty way during this next week bring us back next Sunday. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.